Hey y'all, it's Becky Smith, co-host of The Obvious Question. On October 24th, we hosted a launch party for the podcast, and we had a little Q&A so we could answer some of your questions. The turnout was great, and Maddie's responses were so darn good that we decided to throw this together for you. So even those of you who couldn't make it to the party can tune in and learn even more. So here's a selection from the live question and answer session at our event at Cafe Berlin in Columbia. You'll hear from myself, our fearless leader, Maddie, and executive producer, Aaron Hay. Enjoy. We got multiple coffee dates into this and just realized that it was a beautiful friendship that was going to, to really shake things up and tell these stories. And then that's where Aaron came in and we spent so many hours in a booth. We've eaten so much Taco Bell. We have, we have laughed, we have cried, we have sung terrible songs. We have just spent so many hours together and we were so happy to bring this podcast on this incredibly important topic to you guys. So I'm going to shut up now uh, and let you guys ask some questions or, uh, you know, let these wonderful individuals speak for themselves. Um, but if you do have a question either about the process, about our topics, about anything that you would like to know, we have a microphone up here um, for audience members. And I'm going to be quiet now. So thank you, guys. <laughs> or, I don't know, do you just want to talk a little bit about yourself to start us off? I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone's probably tired of me talking, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, so me and Becky bonded originally. We both, like, we're really passionate about people that have disabilities. And it turned out we're both also passionate about lipstick and makeup and things of that sort. And, um, yeah, we just spent a lot of hours in a booth just being super honest with each other, and um, the three of us became the Powerpuff Girls, and um, Aaron's embraced it. Aaron knows. He's accepted it. It's fine. Um, but yeah, so they really helped me to express myself about topics that I generally get a lot of questions about, and um, yeah, so if you guys have any questions about anything or you know, future endeavor questions, you can let me know. And thank you guys for coming out tonight. Like, thank you so much. And big thanks to Cafe Berlin, by the way, for not only hosting yes, this, but for you. totally building a ramp yeah, on the ramp. side of the stage so that Maddie could get up here and making this place yeah. an accessible location. I was only a little bit scared, but it's fine. I made it. We're here. It's fine. I'm going to ask a question. Also, you could be the professor in the Powerpuff Girls, right? I made that point. Yeah. To but there's three. No there's three of them. There's gotta be a third. Like well, you can't just have two one. Powerpuff Girls. I don't know. Girls. Season two. Um, <laughs> so I'm make, I'm going vulnerable here. So what do you think? Because like you were very involved, obviously, in all the levels of production. But what do you think about how the podcast ended up? Like, do you feel like it was representative of what you actually wanted to say, or there's some things you wish were different? Just curious. Um, I am extremely happy with how it turned out. I think a lot of times, you know, um, people that have disabilities are not as represented in the media as they should be. And, um, these stories are coming from people that like have disabilities and the people within my life that help me to function on a daily basis. And, um, so yeah, I'm really happy with how it turned out because 
I feel like it shares my story, and um, I've had a lot of people reach out to me that have different kinds of disabilities, and even able-bodied people that have been able to relate on different levels, even though we share different experiences, and that's really all I wanted from this whole thing. So I'm very, very happy with how it turned out and very happy with the friends that I've made along the way. You're not allowed to cry this early. <laughs> Hello. Sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, hi, Ali. Hello. Um, so I have a question for you. I am also a person with a disability, and sometimes when people ask me about it, I either do like two things, and one of them is like, I'll spend a couple minutes like being like, here's what's up, here's the deal, here's what this is, here's what you should know about it. Or other times I just like kind of brush them off a little bit if I'm like not in the mood. So I'm curious how you tend to handle those situations, and like, I don't know, because like especially on top of having a disability, it's like, oh, let's do emotional labor for people who can't relate. So I would love to hear your thoughts. Um, yeah, that's a great question. I think um, having a disability can sometimes be emotionally exhausting. I mean, there's the obvious struggles that you have that come along with it. Um, but there's also this, it's almost like this duty that you have. Like, you feel like you have to, you know, people are looking at you all the time. People are constantly, like, staring at you, like, seeing how you react to things. Um, it's kind of annoying, but I get it. Like, I would stare too, you know. Um, so you kind of sometimes can get into this mindset of, like, oh, if I, like, say the wrong thing or if I'm in a mood, people are going to think that, like, that's how all people with disabilities are. And it becomes this weight that you carry on you. And um, it sometimes can be hard to be emotionally vulnerable because of that weight. Because, you know, people, the first thing they meet whenever they look at you is your disability sometimes. And um, so that can be a lot of pressure. And um, so just being able to talk about things openly and have it shared in like a widespread way where I can just now, instead of always feeling like I have to have the right answer, say the right thing, or have the right response, I can just be like, you know what, like, listen to my podcast. Like, I am not dealing with your questions today. Like, um, <laughs> I mean, of course, I always, like, I'm happy to, like, educate people. But, yeah, I definitely have those days where I'm like, educate yourself, please. Like, bye. Um, but, yeah, so it's just, it's been really cool to be able to feel like I can answer more people's questions just because you know, people can just listen to it. So, yeah. Hey. Hey. <laughs> so, I'm a, I'm a bit of a rambler. So, it's a multi-part question, I think. <laughs> uh, first of all, how did you choose your guests? Like, how did you end up choosing the guests that you chose for this first season. Um, the second part of that, what were some of the, some of your favorite moments, whether of familiarity within those guests who may have a similar disability or something completely different? What are some feelings of familiarity that you all were able to like, like bond on or get it? Were you friends with everyone um, on the podcast this season? And then moving forward, yeah, three, Three questions. Uh, moving forward, what are some ideas you have for this upcoming season or the next season? Not to get you thinking about it too soon. I know we're here to celebrate, you know. But. I never stopped. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we had 
just dropped the podcast the day before, and I see her in the Futures Lab at the J School, and she goes, so I have some ideas for season two. Yes. And I literally just, like, crumpled the floor. I was like, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Celebrate tonight. Take it home. <laughs> yeah. So um, everyone, I was friends with everyone from season one. Um, and it definitely, like, the topics that we picked for season one were definitely, like, topics that I feel are the biggest, like, things that weigh on my mind in everyday life and things that I feel like people commonly ask me about and things that I just kind of get, you know, tired of questions about. And um, so the people that I selected people based on, you know, they're, they're kind of the people that have kept me sane in answering all these questions. And they're the people that help me to function every single day. And um, like the first conversation was uh, with my friends Lexi and Tyler on love, sex, and dating. And um, she has spinal muscular atrophy as well. And um, so she would always tell me things about like her and Tyler and like funny stories and um, stuff that just like in moments where I felt like I was carrying the weight of not just having to be a person, but having to represent people. like those heavy questions on my shoulders. And I was like, you know what? Like, she keeps me saying, I think of her anecdotes in this moment. And like, nobody's going to talk about these funny moments better than she would. And then um, just like through friendship, like my friends that were my roommates, Tonisha and Haley. Um, Tonisha's right there. Say hi. She's going to be really embarrassed and mad that I pointed her out. Um, But yeah, it was just so cool to have... My friend that's been friends with me for a long time, my friend Jesse King, um, and then these fresh new friends, and just like how that friendship evolves. And friendship evolves, I think, with everybody, but for me, it's just like a different kind of process. And um, so getting to see, getting to compare that for myself was like cool and interesting. And like, um, I don't know, like, it's just people that have made me who I am and who tell my story couldn't be my story without them. And, um, like, being from bathrooms, shout out, she's right there. (laughs) Um, She's been my best friend since I was literally 12 years old. So she's seen me at my best and at my worst. And so, like, I feel like who else is going to make talking about peeing interesting? Somebody who has endless pee party stories. It's going to be her. And um, she's seen me go from this scared 12-year-old that didn't want people to know, like, I get help to pee, like, shocker, like, wow, um, to now I'm just, like, pee parties are, like, an event, you know? <laughs> so it's just been, like, I don't know, I feel like these are all people that have been there with me as I learned through all these questions myself. And um, moving forward, I I don't know if I'm going to know all my guests. I kind of want to do... I've had people actually reach out to me on Instagram from, like, um, other states and stuff that are, like, wanting to talk about their experiences. And so because they were able to see, like, my vulnerability, now they feel like they can be vulnerable with their stories as well, which is, like, the whole point of everything. I just want people to know, like, this isn't my experiences, although they are individual to me, they're not new. Like, people have been dealing with this stuff for, like, a long time. And, um... Yeah, so now I'm excited to see, you know, where other stories come from and where they take me. 
So. Hello. So you are kind of like my fashion inspiration. Um, <laughs> I have kind of like wilder tastes, as you guys can see. Um, and sometimes I just get like down on trying new and kind of out there stuff, especially wilder prints and stuff. So I wanted to ask like some advice on how you confidently try newer and wilder um, trends in your look and fashion. Oh, that's a good question, Natalie. Um, so I think being bold and be wearing like whatever you want is something that every girl struggles with in one way or another. I mean, I remember whenever like I was younger and I wanted to wear things that I was like, oh, like that probably wouldn't look good sitting down or like, I don't know if I can wear that. And I would just doubt myself before I even like would give myself a chance to like wear it. And I'm just like, you know what? Like that's something that literally everybody can relate to. Um, and so honestly, like you just can't, you can't be worried about what other people are thinking all the time. And that's been something that I struggle with a lot. Like that's something that, um, you know, I think every person in one way or another struggles about what people are thinking about them. And I was like, you know, like, if I sit here and like let them limit me, like I'm never gonna grow. I'm never gonna try anything new. I'm never gonna reach outside of what I'm comfortable with. And I think like the most beautiful things come from places that you're unfamiliar with and places that are new. And that's what makes them new and that's what makes them exciting. So you just can't let your fear of like what other people are gonna think of you limit what you do next. And you gotta keep them guessing, like, yeah. <laughs> I have two questions. How is Columbia on accessibility? So Columbia and Mizzou, I feel like, are two separate entities with uh -huh. accessibility. Um, Mizzou, I feel like, although there are some ways that, like, of course, anybody can improve, um, I felt like they're overall they're pretty good with accessibility. Um, I remember whenever I first came to this school, something that I noticed was how they had touch sensors on everything. And that was so weird to me. I was like, oh, I can open a door by myself? Like, what? <laughs> um, and it was just like so amazing to me. And then like um, downtown, I'm able to pretty much get where I need to go and do the things that I wanna do. Um, I mean, of course, there's, like, back alleys and, like, cracked sidewalks and things like that. But, like, overall, like, there's not really – I haven't really been limited to much. Um, and, of course, it just, like – I feel, like, kind of like an accessibility brat when I go other places because I'm, like, used to being able to, like, do the things that I want to do. And so then whenever I go somewhere where I can't, I'm just, like, like, Columbia would never, like, excuse me. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, like, overall, I feel like Columbia does the best that they can with what they have, too. And how do you find children? I mean, how are they with you? Children? I, so, I'm going to be honest, I'm not really a kid person. Um, <laughs> I, like, love kids in some ways, but, like, some ways I'm, like, don't get me sick. Like, gross. Like, bye. Um... <laughs> But, like, I don't know, like, children, 
something that I appreciate about children is children are very honest. Children say whatever comes to their mind. And so kids, like, whenever they have a thought about you or, like, a feeling about you, they'll come right out and say, like, like, why is she in a wheelchair? Like, what's wrong with her? Like, they'll just come out and, like, say stuff like that. And I think that's so nice because, like, I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, don't say that. Like, yeah, no, like, don't ask her that. But, like, honestly, I would rather somebody, like, ask me than, like, try and come up with some hypothesis in their head that could or could not be true. Um, I would rather it just be me, like, setting it straight for them. And um, that's something that I do appreciate about children is they're very honest about their, their like, fears or their questions and things like that. And I think it's, it's actually more discouraging for me when adults tell them, like, don't say anything to her, like, don't look at her, like, don't, don't do anything. Because then it's, like, I feel like the next time they see a person that has a disability, they're going to be more, like, driven by their fear of them instead of their curiosity. And I think curiosity is something that's really important and, like, that normalizes me because I can be, like, I have so many superpowers when it comes to kids. I don't know if you understand, like, and sometimes parents love me. Sometimes parents don't love me for that. Sometimes they'll be like, why is she in a wheelchair? And I'm like, I just didn't eat my broccoli when I was growing up. Like, and that scares them a little bit. But um, their parents are appreciative of those kinds of things. But sometimes they'll be like, don't like, ask me. And I'm just like, don't tell your kid like, not to ask me. Like, if they want to know, like, I'd rather them ask me than you go home and tell them something that's completely not true and then, then be afraid of people with disabilities for the rest of their life. Uh-oh. Here we go. Okay. So, I want to know, first of all, how many times you have heard every episode, this is for Becky and Aaron, like an estimate, and also who, which guest was the most difficult to edit? Because, like, I know I have a potty mouth, so, like... I we didn't care about the potty mouth. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I, can an- I can answer both of those pretty easily, but I'll let Becky take who was the hardest to edit because I know the answer to that. <laughs> in the future, this is just like a, like a note. Like, how do we feel about getting season two sponsored by Taco Bell? It's probably I, I not going to so. happen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just, just wondering. Actually, it's not a good thing. Oh. <laughs> Um, as far as, like, um, yeah, potty mouths weren't a thing, likes were a thing. Uh, people say like a lot. <laughs> and the number of times that this guy <laughs> and uh, the three of us sat on the ground in uh, an office and listened to episodes of this podcast and wrote down how many, like, time stamps and when we wanted to remove the word like. And it was I'm just so like, sorry. there were just <laughs> streaks. We, didn't, we stopped writing down individual times. It was just like from three minutes to eight minutes, remove likes. <laughs> um, so there was definitely that. As far as like how many times we've heard each episode, I couldn't even begin to tell you. A lot. <laughs> a bunch. A whole bunch. Uh, especially like close to the end there, yeah. Uh, we threw the music out the last week. <laughs> by we I mean I which was dumb uh, <laughs> I'm glad I did but uh, like going through and re-soundtracking every episode again was a big pain <laughs> but I'm glad I did again and uh, you want to talk about friendship? Sure 
was gonna say like we got to the at, at the, toward the end Aaron and I were literally quoting like deep cuts from the episodes to each other so it wasn't like oh right this great moment of content for Maddie it was like the particular way that Bean said this phrase oh god which one was it now I can't even think of it but why <laughs> But I mean, it was. It was like these deep cuts from episodes that we would like pull out. It wasn't even content at that point. It was just we had heard the same intonation and the same phrases over and over and over. Um, I mean, I don't. There is no way to count how many times we listen to episodes, just because we listen to them for a lot of this process at like eighth of a second chunks at a time. Um, I'm sorry, Tanisha. Friendship was the hardest episode to edit. Uh, Maddie sat down, if, if you haven't listened to the episode, it starts with Maddie talking to her two roommates, Tonisha and Haley, uh, and it was a great conversation, but they're very bubbly, energetic, young 20-somethings, and so they say, like, three times every second, uh, and so I tell Maddie this, and I've told her this many times, that literally that episode has taken years off of my life, um, and I mean, I do think, I wonder, like, at a certain point, if Ryan and Aaron going cut likes here was just a way to torment me. Um, but probably not. But I mean, hours were spent removing the word like from that episode. But it was worth it. It was worth it. The content was great. Everyone was wonderful. And, like, it was totally worth it. I mean, Aaron and I worked a lot of hours on this podcast. But I don't think 40 a week. Only 40 a week. Uh, only ever 40 a week. On this podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, but I don't think that either of us would give up any of the late nights, any of the, like, coffee-fueled Taco Bell feasts at totally three in the afternoon. Uh, we would definitely not trade any of those moments. Um, I mean, at all. I mean, this was just such a great thing. All of it was just such a fun process. Even in the worst moments, we knew that we were doing something important and we were doing something great. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. It's a good bunch, y'all. It's a good bunch. I still haven't cried, so I'm proud of myself. <laughs> Hi. Hi, India. This feels so weird. <laughs> so, um, as, as long as I've known you, uh, the kind of like a follow-up to the fashion thing, I thought this was important. So, how has fashion played a part in your life? Because I know, like, it's, a lot of your opportunities that you've gotten with like Teen Vogue, you know, and like writing in different places and like getting your voice out there, a lot of it has fashion involved. So what does it play in your life? I'd like to know. So in the wise words of Rachel Zoe, fashion is a way of saying who you are without having to speak. And I think that that has been monumental in my life because literally every question, like the first thought people have about me used to be like, oh my gosh, like I wonder what's wrong with her. Like, um, and that used to be like something people would say a lot, especially when I was growing up. They're like, I feel so bad for you. And like, it was those kinds of things that were like, like I remember being a kid and thinking, why do you feel bad for me? Like this is literally the only life I've ever known. And like, I'm fine, like I'm good, sis. Like, what do you mean? And um, so, like, whenever I started playing around with fashion and things like that, it became less frequent that people were coming up to me and asking me, you know, like, what's wrong with you? And more like, how did you do your winged liner like that? Or, like, where did you get that lipstick? And, like, stuff like that. And so I felt like it's something that's 
been able to get me noticed for something I did instead of a circumstance that I can't change. And so I feel like I'm looked at, or I'm not looked at, I'm seen instead of being looked at. Sorry. But um, yeah, and so like it's definitely been something that has made me feel visible as a person and seen as a person instead of just a disability. And um, there's a lot of girls out there that go through the same struggles that I go through whenever it comes to, you know, life and fashion and stuff like that. And so, like, seeing that there is finally, like, a platform right now um, for people with disabilities in fashion, um, seeing role models, definitely pun intended, like Jillian Mercado, who is the only model in the industry that has muscular dystrophy right now, um, seeing her roll down the runway and seeing people that look like me in an industry where we've been for so we've for so long been told that we don't belong in um it makes it easier to say like you know i do belong here and i'm gonna if there's not a ramp like somebody's gonna build one for me and like we'll figure it out like um and so it's definitely just in all the ways that Originally, I thought like I couldn't do something. It's made me learn that I can, and it's challenged me to try harder and push further and not take no for an answer. And um, I don't know. I feel like it's just a part of who I am so much that I can't even imagine a life without it. And um, yeah, so hope that answers that. I think we have time for one more question before we get back to the party hangout part. Can someone? Uh, okay, so here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it. First was congratulations on the podcast. Yes. Second was thank you for sharing your story because that's like a really vulnerable thing to do and that's awesome. Uh, Chris's question was, what is your, Maddie, uh, favorite episode of the podcast and what do you hope people take away from the podcast as a whole? You guys start. I'll make it. Okay, Aaron, sorry. I have to start. Favorite episode. I can't say I'm not. Like, <laughs> um, it, I want to pick two. <laughs> um, I think I learned the most uh, doing the bathrooms episode because it was the episode that I led on. Um, so that made me really, I was A, proud of myself for actually doing it and then <laughs> happy with the result at the end. So I learned more about my job and also about Maddie and a lot of other things as well doing that episode. So that's probably my, that's probably my favorite by far. And what I hope people take away from this whole experience is be accepted. <laughs> Talk to people. It's fun. <laughs> I also want to pick two. Because I feel like for me, there's kind of a differentiation between the episodes that are more emotional and the episodes that are more informative. Um, and I think they both play really important roles. Um, for me, this is like, I don't know, maybe not unpopular opinion, but maybe one of the, the less thought of is I really thought that fashion was 
so eye-opening because it is, you know, I, I, my, my dad was the principal at two schools for the severely disabled, so I've been around a lot of people with disabilities my entire life. Uh, and I thought I knew a lot about it. And, you know, sitting down with Maddie and talking about the fact that, you know, she can't always go to the mall and try on clothes unless someone's willing to, you know, pick her up and help her try on things. And that people don't design clothes with disabled bodies in mind was just so fascinating and just so eye-opening for me. And then obviously that the person in the episode with her, Toby Roberts, uh, has an invisible disability. She has a, a form of, of MD herself. And so listening to the two of them talk about their love of fashion and to really open people's eyes about what we didn't know about that ignorance. And then, um, you know, share their aspirational goals for fashion was just really amazing for me. And then what I, I hope people take away from the the podcast is kind of um, twofold. A simple one kind of going off Aaron is be kind. Um, and then the second thing that I really want people to take away is, you know, so often in journalism, in life, in whatever, we think about accessibility, but we realize that it's hard to be accessible. And so I just want people to listen to these experiences, to listen to these stories, and realize just because accessibility is hard doesn't mean it's not worth it. We should spend the time and the energy and the hours and the whatever it takes to make sure that every person feels accepted, included, and welcome in an environment. That was a good answer, Becky. Um, so my favorite episode, it's hard to just pick one because these are all such, I feel like, big topics in my life that have molded me into who I am. Um, but I think the one that leaves the biggest impact on me every single time is definitely the friendships episode. Um, just getting to analyze not only just the relationships in my life, but how those relationships evolve in my life and where they start to where they end up is just like, it's a lot, like it gets me like every time because it's just like um, seeing people that are so unfamiliar to like an entire group of people suddenly become all encompassed in it because of one person that they know. Like, imagine how many people can be reached because of that. And imagine how many people are reached and how many people, like, aren't, like, those stories have never been told before. And, like, I think those experiences with friendship, um, I feel like my disability has never been an obstacle when it comes to friendships. Um, in fact, I think it makes a lot of my friendships a lot stronger um, because I get to watch two debilitating diseases bring out the best in every person that is in my life. And um, so that's just something that I remind myself like on bad days where I'm like just tired of having to represent myself and tired of having to answer these questions. I'm like, I always have these friendships to fall back on and those people that have learned these lessons with me and that have held my hand through doing life and um that's something that was really cool to see that contrast with like new relationships um i think even now if i would interview those people their answers would probably be way different now than they would have been even then and um so yeah that and what i want people to take away from the podcast is just i'm literally just a person just sitting down so um that's what people would, 
people with disabilities are just people. Like, treat them like such. It's not like some weird, like, language that we speak or like some different code you have to do the right thing with. Like, you just talk to us and treat us the way you treat everybody else. And um, yeah, that's, that's what I want people to take away is just treat everybody like people and we're fun. Yeah. <laughs> That was a selection from a live question and answer session at Cafe Berlin in Colombia on October 24th. You heard from myself, Maddie, and executive producer Aaron Hay. This has been a special from The Obvious Question. I'm Becky Smith. Thanks for listening.